the so in in the NFL, typically, if you are a playoff caliber team, you win like ten ish games, like ten like ten or higher. And right. the Bengals came from winning from winning four last year to winning ten, and then upsetting arguably the best quarterback in the game in Patrick Mahomes this past Sunday, which no one thought a chance in hell the Bengals are going to get to the fucking Super Bowl. But also the cool thing is that the Rams, with the Super Bowl being played in L.A., the Rams are, in a post-COVID world, the first team with home field advantage Super Bowl. Technically, it was last year with Tampa and the Bucks, but also it was COVID still, so who cares? But yeah, the Rams, Yeah, but the Rams in, L- in L.A., I think they are in Carson, if they put that thing. They are in Carson City. I've seen the I've seen the arena. It looks fucking parents. impressive as shit. It's nice. Yeah. So them being Super Bowl is pretty wild. And then Patrick Holmes kind of shit himself. It, and also the biggest thing is that like the last couple games have come down to overtimes, which the rule is that if you score a touchdown the first drive, you win. So games have gone to overtime. And then the team that won the coin toss scored on the first drive and then won the game. So people were fucking mad when the Chiefs won the when the coin toss in overtime yesterday. And then Mahomes threw a pick and then the uh, Bengals stormed down the field and kicked a field goal and win. It's been a wild playoffs. It's been a wild, wild playoffs. The vengeful ghost of John Madden is it presiding vengeful? over these playoffs. I think he would love this shit, honestly. When... when has Patrick Mahomes been on the cover of Madden? Yes, I think he was 2019. Let me see. Was he? So my question oh, is: wait, if he, 22 with Brady as like a co co cover thing. So what you're telling me is that the Madden curse continues stronger than ever. Well, it, no, because I think yeah, Mahomes was on the the thing for 20 or was it like 19? And I think I think he won the Super Bowl that year. Well, yeah, but this year for 2022. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brady Brady lost and Mahomes lost. So yeah, sure, Brady, can... Brady lost, Mahomes lost, if John you... Madden lost. So Yeah, John Madden lost. Yeah, well, yes, I guess technically he did lose. So I guess if you want to push that narrative, yes, the, the, the uh, Madden curse is still real, even though players have done uh, fantastically well some years Look, in the Madden. Th- in my heart, the Madden curse has never gone away. It, it has lived on forever. Sure. I, sure, why not? I mean, Madden's garbage anyway, so sure, let's keep this narrative going. Something's got to be cursed. Yes. It was EA, as it turns out. <laughs> Welcome to another rollicking episode of Modern Console Warfare, the podcast where we determine once and for all who wins video games forever. Uh, I'm Brian Bishop, joined as always by Mike Matthews. How's it going, Mike? It's going good. It seems like the companies who win video games now are the ones who buy the other ones and then win. Yeah! As it turns out, maybe there's not as many video game companies anymore as there used to be because they're all getting purchased by one of three other companies. But if we're being if we're being honest, due to like indie development, as one company gets bought, like three more get fucking made. So you know, sort of a Hydra scenario. But wait until yes. the win- indie companies. Every indie company is going to be eventually owned by Devolver Digital. So yeah, we're we're heading there, aren't we? We're definitely oh, heading man. there. We're going straight on the train. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is a podcast where every week we look at the hottest 
hottest news in video games and score them uh, negative 10 to positive 10, depending on how it makes the companies look. And we'll determine who wins. Hmm. Um, as it turns out, the news every week for the rest of the year will be one company buying another company. Right. Because after last episode's uh, bombshell that Microsoft is buying Activision, uh, here we are again with another <laughs> large company buying another company. And, uh, and next Monday when Nintendo buys Capcom, that'll be pretty neat. So... Boy, Nintendo buying Capcom would just be... I Can work. you wait for Street Fighter Six on the Nintendo Switch? That would run like dog shit. <laughs> People would get exactly. mad. Uh, anyway, let's let's get right into it. Uh, the first story of the week is, of course, Sony uh, buys Bungie to feel relevant, you know? Yes. Microsoft bought Activision, which previously owned Bungie, which or previously was also owned by Microsoft and split off from Microsoft. Right it's a, fucking right. I forgot Microsoft owned Bungie. If you look at the history of Bungie, it's a weird trajectory that that company has been on, and it's only getting weirder. I momentarily forgot they were the Halo people. Yeah, you know, they made Halo, the biggest franchise from Microsoft. Ever? Probably. Apart apart from, like, you know, Office. But yes, ever. Uh, Because I'm like, how long is... When when did Destiny 1 launch? Like, 2014? Oh man, uh, it was the year we went to GameStop Expo for the Critical Ds. Had to so be that would have been 2014. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, in Halo One with 2001, and Halo Reach was 2010. So we're getting toward like that. Like they've been doing Destiny, though they've been doing Halo. We're getting there. So uh, yeah, we're getting really close. Uh, anyway, to get to get into the news story, uh, basically. Sony decided, hey, we need to buy... You know it would be really ironic if we bought this former Microsoft company? They bought Bungie for about $3.6 billion, probably about $5 billion, all things considered. Uh, but they made it very abundantly clear that at least in the short term, it would not be an exclusive studio. They will still release their games for Xbox and PlayStation, which I think is really interesting. I, I think that all the companies understand is like, hey... The more people playing our games, the more money we make. So I feel I, like stuff like that, like exclusivity, exclusivity is like becoming less and less prevalent. I don't even know if I agree with that. Well, I mean, it's kind of weird, right? The video game industry is in such a weird place with things like Game Pass now, where it's not necessarily about the exclusivity. It's about people buying whatever subscription that there is. It's like the same thing we talked about with the Activision episode. Like, Microsoft bought Activision uh, to put Call of Duty on Game Pass, basically. Probably, if I had to hazard a guess. <laughs> and this is a similar scenario. I bet you anything, Sony bought Bungie, and now they're going to put all the exclusive stuff on Sony where they would normally go on Microsoft. Like, they've always been doing this, right? Yeah. Sony has always had stuff with Bungie and Destiny where it's like, if you buy Destiny 2 on PlayStation, you get access to an exclusive raid that no one else will get. Now it's just happening for real because they actually own the company wholesale. Yeah. But also it's a matter of, like, companies are, like, doing their, like, six months exclusivity or 12 months exclusivity and then getting that money and then getting the other money after the exclusivity is up on the other console. So... Like, it'll still come out for a while, I think, on other consoles or, like, PC and stuff stuff like that. But I don't know. It's To be fair, like, being able to predict this industry right now is completely a fool's errand. So I don't know anything anymore. 
I mean, every single week it's happening where it's like, oh, looks like Sony's buying EA now or something like that. Like it, it every, all bets are off. Every company's buying every other company in a right. rush to become the most consolidated company in the video game industry. What if someone bought Nintendo? How crazy would that be? You know, I was going to say there's no fucking way, but I mean, I can't imagine Nintendo is worth that much more than like a Microsoft or more than a Activision Blizzard. So who knows? I would say Mario's worth quite a bit of money. I would, you know, it would be bonkers because, you know, they're doing the Mario movie at Universal. What if Comcast buys Nintendo to own a Nintendo or a video game arm? I can see it. I can definitely see it. I just wonder how that would change how Nintendo does video game stuff and, like, you know, console stuff. But that's another discussion. Um, Oh, man. I just thought, you know, what's one of the biggest entertainment companies in the entire world that always gets compared to Nintendo? You're saying Disney's going to buy Nintendo. Yeah, I'm saying Disney's going to buy Nintendo. Disney's been looking to get back into video games, and they don't want to do it themselves, so they would sooner hire somebody else. Going to have Nintendo in a Star Wars game? Yeah, fuck it, why not? I you guess. know, if if fucking Quantic Dream would do a Star Wars game, fuck anybody can. So yeah, I agree exactly. All bets are off. Um, we'll we'll talk more fun. about Star Wars later, yeah, but but yeah, no, Destiny Two is still big and it's so popular and it's still good. So, I'm but here's my thing: yeah. like, you don't buy a company for five billion dollars for one IP. No. So, what do you think Bungie does next? Something new, I guess. Like some other new unannounced ip that he'll become his biggest destiny which is definitely doable for a team that talented so we'll see we might get like a teaser announcement at e3 this year i mean you know sorry uh summer of games this year so yeah e3 i jeff, would be very yeah. surprised if e3 still existed but, this year, but, but jeff keely's we'll jeff keely's video game summer there should be something yeah jeff keely's hot video game summer <laughs> our video game news overlord i mean with keely he's been in the industry for like Probably, what, three decades by now? If not longer? I'm not sure how old he is. But he's he's been around. His first major project was, I think, that Half-Life documentary documentary series. Yeah. Yeah. So So he probably knows a thing or two about a thing or two. But I'm sure we'll hear something about Bungie, Bungie has going on sometime this year. Do you think Sony shows this off in some sort of, like, PlayStation Direct type thing? Is is there a PS5 version of Destiny 2 or just like an is I think it's just like the PS4 version that does runs maybe better on PS5 right now? I don't know actually. I've I've been out of the game with Destiny for a while so I couldn't actually tell you what's I'll, going on with it. I'll look it up. But my assumption is like hey maybe maybe they'll put out like a PS5 version of Destiny 2 that runs really well. That runs at 120 hertz on on on, on console. Be like hey, here's a free emote of you dancing. I don't know. It, it, they, can go, they can go so many ways with it that it's hard to predict. But I think a PS5 version of Destiny 2 is not out of the room possibility. No, I'm sure they'll do a PS5. I'm sure they'll do a Series X rendition too. And the, I don't know, they're already doing PC. That's about as updated as it's going to get, I guess. So it's worth noting in this GamesIndustry.biz article uh, from Brendan Sinclair... Uh, Mm -hmm. They note that Bungie will be an independent subsidiary of SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and that it is currently working on maintaining Destiny 2, quote, expanding the Destiny franchise, whatever that means, Mm -hmm. and working on new IP. Okay, sure. So that sounds like either another expansion 
and a new IP or a Destiny 3 and a new IP. How do you do Destiny 3? Uh, better than 2, I guess. I, like, I... That's multiple questions, I guess. Like, how do you do Destiny 3 when Destiny 2 has kind of become this ongoing thing? And then on top of that, like, what new IP is Bungie going to make? Because they've been kind of doing the same thing for a while. Like, do they make another Halo-like that's not a, a service game? I can't imagine they make another service game that competes with their giant service game, right? You're saying they wouldn't make a another like high sci-fi fantasy shooter as they've been doing for the past 25 goddamn years i mean fucking go for it i guess but what are they gonna do compete with themselves yeah there's no point to that i guess but yeah <laughs> i just what if they wouldn't but i'm like what if they made a battle royale they won't do that but what if they De- did that? oh my god destiny battle royale they would sooner put that in destiny 2 than make it its own game i think so no that's that's destiny 3 baby now yeah. like ah. consider the dumb bullshit that could happen well destiny's free to play now shit yeah. i was gonna say like what if they made a free to play destiny battle royale game a la warzone but with- which microsoft now has their own battle royale in warzone well, at least they will summer 2023 when they have full control over that but you know yeah, they didn't make a they didn't make a battle royale for Halo because they knew they'd be having one with Call of Duty, I guess. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure if battle royales like, you know, it it's easy to say that the lines are drawn in the sand battle royale until another one comes out and is like better, which is still a possibility, but I think I've it's been a remote one. Saying that the market for battle royales is saturated for the last like every year for the last 3 years. Since since, yet, since like Black Ops 4 came out. Exactly. Since Black Ops 4 we've had both Apex and Warzone. So, this is actually a pretty good transition. So I'm gonna say let's score this one right now because I want to get to the next story. Sure. Uh, so I don't know for Sony. I'm gonna say Sony. I'm gonna give Sony. I mean, they had to do something. This is about as good as I think they would do without buying like a fucking EA or something. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna give Sony five points. I'm giving good plus. Job. I'm giving plus seven. Wow, plus seven, yeah, really. Yeah, I, I think this is really good. I think it'll be really good for them to have that in their portfolio. Because Destiny 2 is in, like, I would argue, probably the best spot it's ever been. So that's probably a good thing to have in their cap. And then Destiny 2, uh, for Bungie, uh, plus ten because someone's getting paid. So good for that person, I guess. Oh, yeah, Bungie's getting a ten. They, they got paid big time. They... Yeah. They earned that five billion dollars, I guess, for being yes. Bungie. They make quality wonder... video games. So... I wonder how much they were worth when Activision sold them off or spun them off into their own company. I wonder how much they made or like how much they had to buy themselves for and then how much they made in this acquisition from Sony. Probably less. They probably yeah. probably they probably made some money off this. I'm saying they probably came out book even at the very least. So, anyway, speaking of battle royale games, let's let's Talk about a battle royale game that isn't quite as successful. Let's talk about Hyperscape. Hyperscape, yes. This game was fine. It was fine. It was... I, I yep. liked it. Anyway, so the news story is Hyperscape is shutting down. Hyperscape yes. was Ubisoft's attempt at doing a battle royale game. It was very twitchy. It felt kind of like an arena game that was a battle royale game. Yes. I liked what I played of it the like t- two times I played it, but uh, clearly I didn't stick with it, and clearly did nobody else. So I I thought it was the fastest battle royale I'd played to that point, and it kind of still is. And I thought the idea of 
the viewers being able to influence the game state was a really fucking cool idea. Um, my issues was it was that right. like for for a game where that is so fast and people will hunt you like a goddamn dog. That I thought the time to kill was like really high, like higher than any other battle royale, and that kind of felt at odds with this really weird like quake slash unreal DNA I feel like it had, and that's part of why I it didn't really resonate with me. But I hadn't gone back to it since, so I couldn't really speak to like what happened after that. Yeah, I want to say that Ubisoft tried to turn it around the way Ubisoft does with all of its games when they launch in a subpar state and they say like no guys we're gonna fix it for real yeah but it just really never caught back on no matter what they did it they like i think they added some other modes to it and i think they changed some stuff around but man for a game that is so heavily based around viewer interaction yeah to not have any viewers for your game i think really really killed it is it shut down right now no, I think it's still going... Let, let me look at the news story. Contenders, we have made the difficult decision to end development of Hyperscape and shut the game down as of April 28th. So okay. you have until April 28th to play Hyperscape. So, so I just checked Twitch, which is, of course, we know is the one-stop, uh, one-stop, one-all, be-all for video game uh, relevancy. Of course. Uh, there are... Guess how many people are watching someone play Hyperscape right now on oh Twitch.tv? I'm going to guess maybe 300. 15. 15? 1, 5. There are 15 people watching Wait, let me, let me refresh. Hold on, let me refresh. Yes, 15. Oh, my God. The highest, the highest streamer right now has four viewers. Oh, my God. And I'm going to watch uh, this until this podcast is over. So, Man, I... When did they launch that game? I, that Good was during question. that was during like a was it like an E three press conference or something like that? I f- I forgot or like a Ubisoft forward or something like that yeah, when they announced the game like and they're like we're giving out open Ooh. beta right now and then come like come watch your favorite streamers and it was like very popular on Twitch because they paid a bunch of streamers to play it yeah and then it just fucking died right it says here July twelfth twenty twenty. July 12th, 2020. Yeah, that must have been around... I mean, it was 2020, so it wasn't E3. It must have been around like a Games. like a Ubisoft Forward yeah. or one of their directs or whatever they're called. Yeah. I think they're called Forwards, yes. That's not about right. Man. Well, This I game's mean, okay. This game is yeah, okay. I, I sort of regret what happened to it in that I don't think it deserved to die so fast, but no, clearly it, but, it didn't resonate with people, so... No, because like I... Like what is what is the hook for that game apart from like hey we're future matrix now? I mean it's fast. It's, it's, it's faster it's, it's than a lot of other fucking, battle royale games. It's fucking fast. It's even look at it now. It's fucking fast. I gotta say, watching like really good players of Hyperscape that first week or so was pretty impressive because those yes. guys move really quickly. It's probably like probably the most probably the most vertical. No, the most vertical one is still Fortnite, but among the most vertical brs, but. Yeah. Yeah. A year and a half seems pretty short nowadays. I. Th- you know what? I've, if I had to hazard a guess, it's that Hyperscape not only didn't have an audience, but now Ubisoft has what two other battle royale games in the hopper right now. They've got that Ghost Recon battle royale game that they're building. Really, I'd heard about that one. 
Yeah, they're doing a Ghost Recon one, and they're doing a The Division Battle Royale game, too. The Division Heartland, I think it's called. I Okay, all right. I don't think they've officially announced The Division Heartland as a video game. I think they've literally only given a title to it, but they said it was going to be free-to-play, and I think the implication was that it was going to be either like a game built entirely around the concept of the Dark Zone Which or is a Battle awesome. Royale or something. Yeah. yeah. I can see it, but also like... It's one of those things for like I, I'll wait and see. Like it's like I'm kind of the opinion of like the market the market is closed until further notice, but we we shall see. I it just really feels like Ubisoft is kind of throwing anything at the wall and seeing what sticks now, including NFTs. Oh fucking hell! Oh shit! Update sixteen oh, yeah. viewers. Oh, whoa! They got one more viewer. <laughs> yes, we're ne- we're making a comeback now. Finally, uh, it's all turning around for Hyperscape. They're gonna uncancel it. You're like, saved. Don't push the, don't push the button. We got one. Don't push the button. <laughs> don't, don't kill it. Don't kill it. Right. How so funny I, would it be if like this is what it took, and it was like a full on Among Us scenario where it's like they're finally gonna like shut it down and make a new one, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, no, wait a minute, guys, Hyperscape's really cool, and it comes back. I. I, I feel like we have that, and that's called Splitgate. So I don't know. I wonder how Splitgate's doing. Uh, how is Splitgate doing? I'm not, I played it the other, uh, last week. It was that game's still good, not great. Uh, yeah, I saw you guys playing it the other the other week. It seems fine. I mean, like in a world where Halo exists, I don't know if Splitgate really can hang. Uh, they average two thousand players per month, which is not nothing. So. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Uh, I guess. Well, you mentioned NFTs, so you want to get the NFT news of the week out of the way. Oh, oh we should. We got. We we got to score. Uh, yeah, Hyperscape. I don't know. Hyperscape. I, Hyperscape negative ten because they're getting getting killed. And Ubisoft negative one. It's a it's a bummer, but I get it. I'm gonna rate Hyperscape. Uh, I'm gonna rate Hyperscape a three. It was good while it lasted. It just didn't connect with audiences. It was good, but not good enough, I think is the key there. Yeah. And then Ubisoft, minus one. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll give them a minus one. I mean, like, what are you going to do? They got to shut down their fucking video game to make more NFTs, I guess. I I appreciate Ubisoft's try shit, which is more than most companies can can say about their own, like, artistic patterns. Is that Ubisoft will definitely try shit and see if it works. Yeah, even if that shit is the blockchain, I guess. Unfortunately. How, I mean, not to spin everything off, but I mean, like, what are the odds of Ubisoft releasing a fucking Ghost Recon Battle Royale game and putting all of their cosmetics on the blockchain? It's got to happen, right? I I think that is a reason. They tried it out with the Ghost Recon game that nobody cares about. What is it fucking called? Breakpoint? They tried it out with Breakpoint. Breakpoint, uh, yes. So clearly they have a desire to put NFTs in the Ghost Recon franchise, so... Yes. i got to look up the name of that Ghost Recon Battle Royale game that's coming out eventually. Anyway, speaking of the blockchain, you remember Worms? Uh, yes, Worms is fun. I like Worms. Um, I guess the publisher of Worms is a company called Team17, 
And they just mm-hmm. decided, like, well, no, Worms hasn't been relevant in, like, I don't know, 20 years. So let's just tr- make a bunch of shitty NFTs and sell those, and hopefully that'll make us some money. Yeah. Uh, what was em. the last Worms game that came out that was culturally relevant? On the GameCube? L- let me look at the historic Worms uh, tapestry <laughs> and see what games. Because, like, the, the one on Xbox 360 was not bad. But to be fair, yeah. we are biased. So we did play that game a, game a lot. Um, I could not tell you what is it. Just worms? Is worms the best, the most popular worms game? The, the original worms? Original worms? Well, worms. Wait, what is this? Thousand thousand seven worms. They put a thousand seven worms on Xbox three hundred and sixty. It's just called worms. They also worms from ninety five. It's called worms. So yeah. not just confused. I mean, really, who can keep track? The worms game I definitely played the most of was worms on the GameCube. Whichever one that was. Worms fully loaded or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, if you want to, I don't know, buy a shitty NFT and then play a video game that doesn't exist with it, I'm very excited to announce that Meta Worms exists. Get it? It sounds like Metaverse, huh? Do you want to play Meta Worms? You know what? Kind of. Because I like worms. But also, I'm so basically, the way that this is happening, for one thing, it went over all the developers' heads. Like the actual people that work at this company, the higher ups just announced, like, "By the way, guys, we're doing NFTs now. Uh, I hope you like it." And then everybody at the company was like, "No, I don't like it. I don't like it at all." So that's fun. And then the way that they're doing it is they're not even making original art for it. They're just using a computer algorithm to make algorithmically generated worms and then dropping them on the fucking blockchain and calling it a day. And then I guess eventually you'll be mm. able to play meta worms with your uh, metaverse worm. I don't know. The whole thing fucking sucks. How, how did we get here? Why does this keep happening? Because fools still buy NFTs. And as long as there are fools, it's going to be made. So if fools stop buying NFTs, they'll stop fucking making them. But someone's buying set of teeth. They have to be, right? Otherwise, I'm be doing this shit. My favorite part to come out of this Worms, uh, this Team 17 Worms NFT thing, uh, I guess Team 17 published a game from a studio called Agro Crab. Let me mm-hmm. see what they did. Uh, they did... Oh, they did a game that Riley actually just played called um, Going Under. There was a uh, roguelike that takes place in a tech startup. It, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I played that. It... It seemed interesting yeah. for me, though. I I, I liked watching it. I, I haven't played it, but yeah, Riley got really into it. Anyway, um, they were published by Team 17, the Worms people, and they put out a statement after Team 17 mm-hmm. announced this on Twitter that says, uh, We at AgroCrab condemn Team 17's dis- decision to produce and engage with NFTs. We believe that NFTs cannot be environmentally friendly or useful and really are just an overall fucking grift. Please do not harass employees at Team 17 or the devs under their umbrella as this decision seems to have taken everyone off guard and likely came from the very top. Needless to say, we will not be working with them on further titles and encourage other indie developers to do the same unless the decision is reversed. I fucking hate it here. Good. That's good their shit. official statement. Good yes. So good job, Team AgroCrab. I love you guys now. Talk about industry self, uh, self uh, what do you call it? Self-pleasing uh, itself. Yeah. No oh, good. That's that I shouldn't have bud. And then we'll fucking stop. So yeah. Uh, it's really funny because in that game going under, there is a large part of that game 
where one of the dungeons you go into is a cryptocurrency startup that went under. Of course. And everybody, like all of the enemies in that are skeletons that try to sell you their fucking cryptocurrency. It's very, it's very good. Yeah, no. Good, yeah. No, you that can makes collect sense. the so, cryptocurrency yes, in the dungeon that you trade for regular currency at like a really terrible trade trade rate. It was it's real dumb. It's very stupid. It's very good. That I like that shit. That is that is some good quality stuff. So, so yeah, yeah. Team Agro Crab coming out very hard against NFTs makes a lot of sense based on the video game they made. Uh, so anyway, cool. NFTs are still happening. I'm very happy to report that. I think that's going to be another recurring segment here on Modern Console Warfare is the NFT bullshit of the week. It never ends. I Yes. I, I give Team Agro Crab plus 10, and I give Team 17 negative 10. Uh, yeah, same thing with me. Agro Crab rules. Team 17... 17 uh, I'm gonna tools. give you're gonna give it a yes. minus 10. I'm gonna give it a minus nine. I don't blame the developers, but clearly the higher ups there are um, on some shit. On some shit. Yeah, which you can say for most companies that are on some shit. It's usually not people working there. It's the people making the decisions who don't fucking get how life works. Uh, Speaking of on yeah. some shit, uh, you know Wordle. I I have heard of Wordle. I've been bombarded with Wordle, whether I like to want to be or so not. You, so you don't play Wordle. You're not a Wordlist. I do, I, I'm not a Wordlist. I can say with complete confidence. I've considered it, but I'm like, I don't like Word games to begin with, so it's not for me anyway, so whatever. Uh, as a big-time Wordlist, as, as a daily Wordlizer, I gotta say, this is crazy. The New York Times, purveyor of famous crossword puzzles and nothing else, mm-hmm. because, I mean, what else is the New York Times for? Do they not have news anymore? No, never. So they bought they bought Wordle for an undisclosed sum that was apparently in seven figures. So to give you a little bit of background on Wordle, it was this project that this guy made for his partner, Joseph Wardle, I think his name was, W-A-R-D-L-E. And he sold, or like he basically just made this as a thing for him and his partner to do. And back in November of last year when it launched, there was about 15 daily players of this. And then sometime over the last couple weeks or months, somebody discovered it and shared it with all their friends, and then it just blew the fuck up. It went from, like, 15 daily players to, like, 300,000 minimum that play it every day, myself included. So the New York Times went, Mmm, this is delicious. You're telling me it's a word game? Well, you know who owns every word game? The New York Times. And then they just said, well, you you know, how much can we buy this for? It's just one guy? All right, we'll buy it for like a million dollars, whatever. Uh, To be fair, wouldn't you sell for a million dollars? And they did. Yeah, fuck fuck yes. If I made Wordle and it blew up all of a sudden and I was like, well, I'm not making any money off of this. And the New York Times came a-knocking and was like, hey, we'll pay you a million dollars for your word game i'd be like yeah fine sure yes please take this off my hands this is my life now i can't keep doing this i can't keep doing this all all, all i see are green are green squares every all the time all the time i wish i was only seeing green squares i'm seeing only gray squares hmm. uh anyway so we're new york times owns wordle now they say it will be initially remain free for everyone to play. But knowing the New York Times, they're probably going to do some dumb bullshit like put it behind a paywall. Oh, you know they're going to. They love them fucking paywalls. 
Uh, I say this as a New York Times subscriber, so, you know, uh, great, cool. Anyway, uh, I'm going to give Joseph Wardle, uh, I'm going to give him a plus, ten, uh, plus eight, good job. You, you sure did it. I gave him plus ten because the motherfucker got paid, good for him. That's really the gist of this podcast now, is somebody gets paid and then somebody buys something. Right, that's how it's been this whole year so far, so we'll see. I'm going to give the New York Times... I don't know. They they bought Wardle for like a million dollars. Theoretically, they could make more than that off of it. So I'm going to give them like a... I'm also going to give them an eight. Good job. I'll give them like a plus three. Because, you know, I'm, I'm very popular. Good for them to have that. People keep playing it for at least another couple months before, you know, something yeah, comes out. Before they forget about it and it goes away <laughs> right. forever. Yes. It's almost like purchasing something based on a knee-jerk reaction of, oh shit, we need to keep buying things to grow, and, hey, do you think this is a fad? Eh, isn't the best idea, but who can say? On occasion, it pays off. I don't have an example off the top of my head, but I'm sure it pays off sometimes. Uh, Fortnite? Fortnite. Fortnite is a prominent one, was like, they chased a fad and it worked. But yeah. to be fair... They chased the fad and then got the players and then created their own thing from that onward. So it's a little different. Oh, yeah, Fortnite's the metaverse now, haven't you heard? Yeah, Fortnite is the actual metaverse. What about metaverse? Like, Fortnite... Was Fortnite the first metaverse? No, that was Ready Player One, wasn't it? Uh, no, Second Life was the first metaverse. Oh, you're right. Yes, it was. Yeah, don't ever forget about Second Life. Yes, what if you had Neo and then you rained penises on him? What if Kermit the Frog was smoking a blunt and had two samurai swords? Exactly. Man. And then all of a sudden, it's raining penises. Second Life is a real experience. Second, Second Life walked so VR chat could run, so I'm okay with that. There is no universe that exists with Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse that will ever be nearly as cool as Second Life was. VR chat's pretty close, not gonna lie. Do you think Mark Zuckerberg buys VR chat? Do you think Meta buys VR chat? I don't. Don't fucking put that goddamn darkness out in the world, Brian. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's my happy place. If you want to look that. at a metaverse play, Mark Zuckerberg might look over there at VR chat and say, hmm, this is looking pretty tasty. I, I, I sincerely hope not because part of the charm of VR chat is how fucking lawless it is. And navigating that lawless place is part of the charm of it, so I fucking hope not. If Meta buys VR chat, you know if the first thing they're going to do is they're going to put it on the blockchain. And they're going to make because it so that, like, I don't know, if you want to use your Kermit the Frog skin, you got to buy an NFT of it or some shit. God, because you know that, like, VR chat is what the metaverse wishes it was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of be whoever you want, do what you want, roast your oyster, it's crazy over here, come have fun. And Facebook is not that... <laughs> So, you know what else is, I guess, in Metaverse? Probably Animal Crossing. Is Animal Crossing a Metaverse? Ah, uh, is it? Because what else has it got? It's just got, you know, it's got animals who want to really give bells. But what's the, what's the, what's the verse part of it? I don't know. Like, when the pandemic started and people were in Animal Crossing, there were fucking, there were, like, music artists doing concerts in Animal Crossing. There was, like, an entire economy that built up around Animal Crossing. Okay, in in that regard, I think you're. I think you can argue it for being a metaverse. Man, I can't believe Nintendo already has a metaverse play. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, they had Smash for how long now? <laughs> is Smash a metaverse? Yes, my question is a metaverse. Oh boy, I guess Smash is a metaverse, huh? Yeah, it's been like Ultimate for damn sure is a metaverse. 
Yeah, they got everybody. Sora's in there now. He... Yeah. Is Kingdom Hearts a metaverse? Shit. <laughs> Shit. We're losing the thread on what a uh, metaverse yeah, is. No, I can't get... No, I'm not. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, mm, yes, let's move on, please. I'm not ready for this <laughs> at all. You're not ready to talk about Kingdom Hearts as a metaverse. I get it. No, we'll, we'll get there eventually. I'm really not ready for Square that. Square Enix is out here talking about how they want to be on the blockchain and they want to be in the metaverse. Kingdom Hearts is Square Enix's metaverse play. Absolutely. Yes. I will not be told otherwise. If the day, the, no, the day they add lightning to Kingdom Hearts is when it becomes a metaverse. Oh, it, it's only a matter of time. All right, move. It's, it's almost there, though. Next up, getting into the the IP segment of this of this program, uh, respawn uh, purveyors of such hot video games as Titanfall Two and um, Jedi Fallen Order. Guess and what? Apex Legends. So. It, well, yeah, sure, they make Apex Legends. Okay, fine. Uh, weren't we literally just talking about last week how respawn was the only company that EA had left with some self respect and that they. The only direction that they could go was to run themselves into the ground. Yeah, like I, I think I've been saying, saying privately that every response on borrowed time. So well, uh, that borrowed time may or may not be coming soon because they're working on like three or four Star Wars games right now, as it turns out. Yeah, like in my mind's eye, response to like that plucky company that came out of the ashes of fucking Infinity War that made Titanfall, but I'm pretty sure they're fucking big now. So. There's three separate Respawn Studios, I'm pretty sure. There's the one that does VR games, there's the one that does Apex, and then there's the primary Respawn. And that's just minimum that I can think of. There might even be more. Yeah. There's, But there's some... Let me... Here's the thing. There is some real, like, Bioware energy there. Yeah, there really Remember is. Remember years ago when they, when they tried to rename every goddamn studio that had to be Bioware? God, Yeah. You know, Bioware Austin, Bioware Vancouver, Bioware Alberta, Bioware the one that made Moscow. mobile games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I there's some energy there, and I can see them doing the exact goddamn things, considering they just killed Dice. So, so anyway, to, to get to the crux of this story, they did in fact announce they're working on Jedi Fallen Order two, which is not a surprise. We knew that. Yeah, no, that game was fucking excellent. So they should make a new new one. That's even better, and that should be great. Uh, according to Jason Schreier, uh, that game is almost done, apparently. So that game's been in the works for a while, and it should be out by the end of the year. Yeah, so they're just announcing it at, at, at Keeley's Game Fest, and then it'll come out probably like October. Yeah, right? exactly. Cool. Uh, but on top of that, they're also announcing a first-person shooter led by the guy that directed Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, which was not a good which, game. <laughs> which, like, which is not a... Which is not a a uh, label of uh, quality. Yeah. So I I made the mistake of purchasing that game on the Oculus Quest when they released it on the Oculus Quest, and what a shitty experience of a video game. Boy, also, howdy. wasn't that game like 180 gigs or some shit at launch? Yeah, it was, and it takes up my entire Oculus Quest to have it even on there, and yeah, even then seems... it looks like shit. It looks really bad. Yeah, that game was not overviewed. Also, wasn't like, was it most of it just like... MPEG videos of like interviews of World War II or some shit. That's the only redeeming part of that game because the gameplay part of it sure isn't. It's like mm. it's like a series of missions one after another with like really mediocre gameplay and no connective tissue. It was it playing a few hours of that game is one of the most genuinely bizarre experiences of 
playing a VR game that I think I've ever had. So, yeah, um, that's happening. Anyway, so that's one of the games. Another one is a, and this is interesting, actually, a strategy game led by former XCOM art director Greg Furch. I, maybe he knows some about binding games. We don't know yet. I don't know if art director is like the jump you want to make from director to like art, art director to director, but we'll see. I don't know. That seems intriguing. Also, Star Wars can lend itself really well to strategy. Like, there's been a lot of RTSs, so I can see a strategy game like that working out quite quite well if done right. Yeah. Um, so those are the three games. We're getting Jedi Fallen Order 2 before the end of the year, which, God willing, is as good as the first one, if not better. Yes. We're getting a first-person shooter by the Medal of Honor Beyond uh, Above and Beyond guy, although they do note in this that he was a producer on the Battlefront series. So, Which, Battlefront 2. Ended, was it ended at, up in a great place. Yeah. An excellent, arguably, the best multiplayer Star Wars game. Depending on the boss tour, but yes, that was game pretty fucking good. And also, respawns bread and butter are shooters, so like, there's no reason to doubt them. I my only concern is because it's the guy that did Medal of Honor above and beyond. They're going to set it up as some sort of half-ass VR project instead of like oh, a full-ass game. Don't say that. I hope not. I hope not. Well, God, yeah, I, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But I hope not. Uh, I am. It's, I am interested in a Star Wars strategy game. I don't know about the XCOM art director being the best person to direct it, but I mean, like, that Star Wars... Stra- it was worth... What was that Star Wars strategy game that came out in, like, the 2000s called? Uh, Empire at War? Yeah, that game... That was pretty that good. That was a good one. If I could get another Empire at War game, oh, man. Yeah, no, that'd be neat. Yeah, oh, they would do well for... I mean, but strategy's so broad, though. Because I feel like XCOM... I isn't, like, the first one, but it comes to mind as, like a game that changed what strategy could be and not just be like, hey, here's all your units. Yeah. And a battlefield. It's like a more intimate experience, so we'll we'll see, I guess. Boy, speaking of XCOM, I'm it's still very looking forward to that new Marvel game they're working on over there. Oh yeah, Midnight Suns? Yeah. Yes. Looks no, I will rad play as fuck. any I will play any game Braxis puts out. I don't care what it is. So yes, I'll be playing it. But I we're at a point where respawn where like they have not uh, in the in a non VR context, they have not done wrong yet. So there is no reason to doubt them yet, apart from them being run by Electronic Arts. I mean... So we'll see where the beginning of the end is. For what it's worth, as bad as the game portion of Medal of Honor Above and Beyond was, uh, it did win an Academy Award for Best Documentary, so... Right! It did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sure did. So they... Video games are weird. Uh, as bad as that video game is, it does have an Academy Award-winning documentary in it. So what What more could you say, Which is I guess? neat, but the problem is it's a video game. So... Yeah. It's not... Yeah. It, it is weird seeing Vinny Z walk up on stage at the Academy Awards to accept an award. That was a strange moment in my life. I, yeah. I, I give a respawn a cautious plus three. Because they have not given us a reason to doubt them yet, apart from Medal of Honor. Uh, and I get and, and I give EA negative ten because motherfuck EA. I'm also gonna give Respawn a three. I I'm hopeful. Uh, EA, I don't know. I'm gonna give. I give a negative ten because I'm still mad about Battlefield 2042. So uh, I'm gonna give EA a negative. Uh, I'm gonna give EA a negative. 
Hope you get purchased by Sony. How do you calculate that numerically at the end of the year? Uh, it depends on if they get purchased by Sony or not. Okay, sure. So, <laughs> so okay, so are you putting those points in escrow? Is what happens? Yeah, basically, I'm point putting points? those points. That's a negative ten in escrow. <laughs> right. So I'm just holding them off for a while for a rainy day when you can cash them in. All right, fine. I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, yeah. we'll keep that one on the on the scoreboard. I'm sure it'll go great. All right, now let's get into. Uh, just rapid fire all of the IP that have been picked up by Hollywood in the last, I don't know, month or so. Sure. Uh, so anyway, Hollywood News Hour. First off, the Halo TV series is coming out next month. Uh, have you, you, you haven't seen the trailer yet? I, I watched the trailer and that seems strange, but I can't put my finger on why it seems strange. It's very it, weird, right? It's like It seems like it's scaled it seems scaled down but to its detriment because halo's always been like a really it's been personal but like on a very large scale it just like and for some reason something seems weird about this one clearly the master chief is there so it's a halo thing but like all of the writing around it like there's other spartans but they're like well the master chief is a weapon that we can program and control but that's not really like what halo was about that was maybe part of it. No, it was about, yo, there are aliens who want to fucking fuck up Earth, and we don't fuck with that, so we're going to fuck them up. And then there's the whole thing, like, there was a line in there about, like, we found this weapon, it's called the Halo. So you're telling me this Halo TV series won't even actually take place on a Halo? Weird. Which, I mean, like, Reach didn't, but Reach had the other Halo stuff as context for Reach. Yeah. Like, clearly this so is about I, them making the Master Chief. Also, at the end of it, they show Cortana, and, like, timeline-wise, Master Chief gets Cortana at the beginning of Halo 1. So, like, does this even fit with the canon? And then there's all the weird stuff with, like, the other human characters that are kind of around, but not really. It just seems like such a bizarre thing. It doesn't feel like Halo, but it's got the Halo stuff in it. Like, there's a Warthog in there, and they've got the shield, the the Covenant guys with the shields. I saw one of them. He has a battle <laughs> rifle? Yeah, he has a battle rifle at one point. Like, there's Halo stuff in there, but it... Also, part of it is, like, he's... This character here is just much shorter than Master, Master Chief. Because, like, Spartans are, like, gigantic fucking omni-humans and shit. Yeah. This is just like a dude in armor. I just... So, I... You know what it feels like? It feels like somebody wrote a spec script for a sci-fi project, and then whoever bought it was like, we can't do this without an IP attached to it. What IP can we throw on this? Oh, Halo? We own the Halo IP? Throw that on there. It feels like that. Like, it's it started its life as some other project, and then ended up with a Halo coat of paint put on it. So, so you're saying it's getting Hollywooded? Oh, it's getting. It looks like it's getting Hollywooded big time. I mean, like you can catch it yourself on March 24th when it arrives on Paramount Plus. So, right, <laughs> forgot where they put it. Great, <laughs> right, yes. So, I guess we won't know until it actually comes out then. But that trailer left me with a very weird impression. I don't like how Cortana looks too lifelike. I need her to be have a more more of a bluish tint that she has. She's not trailer. blue. She looks like a human being. Is it Jennifer Hale? Is it just Jennifer Hale that plays Cortana? 
Ah, uh, fucking good question. I don't... Does it say in this article? Let's see, Cortana... Control fine for Cortana, which is not said in this article at all. What the fuck? Okay. Um, I'll look it up. Great. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna give the Halo TV series a tentative minus one out of five. I, I give it a negative three... Three. Negative three. It didn't leave a great first impression, but I guess there's room for it to change my mind. Uh, Jen, Jen Taylor, who I think is the original Cortana. Yeah, you're right. It is Jen Taylor. Which, that's good Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. I need her to be more blue. That's it. I need, to, need her to be more, a little more blue, a little more uh, see-through. She looks a little too, she looks too corporeal. That's the problem I have with it. She looks too much like a person. I'm going to give Paramount Plus a minus one because I've had a subscription for it for the last two years, so joke's on me, I guess, but I haven't watched anything on it, so. What's the best show on there? On Paramount Plus? I, I don't know. There's all the Star Trek stuff. You like Star Trek? Oh, eh, kind of. So Yeah, yeah Star Trek right. Discovery's on there. Star Trek Picard is on there. Star Trek Lower Decks is on there. That's pretty good. Ooh, let me some Lower Decks. Okay. Uh, I will say... They did that reboot of Twilight Zone, which ranged from pretty okay to not great. So that was the main ah. reason I bought it. Gotcha. Yeah, it seems like Star Trek's are bread and butter. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Cool. They've also yeah, got... I, I give... They've also got Nickelodeon. So uh, all of that... All, like their big reboot of the Avatar The Last Airbender verse is going to be on there. Oh, cool. No, that, that should be neat. That should be better than whatever the fuck Halo is. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, moving on, uh, next up in Hollywood news time, we've got uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Uh, you mean uh, fucking the Tooth Fairy. Right, yes, I remember of him. course, the Tooth Fairy. Uh, the Scorpion King yeah. from the movie The Scorpion King. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Anyway. He was the guy from San Andreas. Uh, this jabroni, who you may know from the movie Doom, but you know the video game Doom? They made a movie based on it starring Dwayne yes. The Rock Johnson. Well, he's making another one. He's making another video game movie. And he tried to be all coy and mysterious about it when he announced it on Twitter. He's like, oh, I'm doing a video game franchise, and it's one I really like a lot. And everybody was speculating, like, oh, man, what if it's Pitfall or something? But That'd be very fun. That, that would be on brand, actually. Uh, basically, it looks like it turns out that The Rock is starring in a movie based on the hit video game franchise Microsoft's Call of Duty. Okay, so here's my problem with this. Right. Modern-day Call of Duty... It's just an amalgamation of every single action movie ever made. Yeah. So how so how do you make a movie about every other movie? I think my issue is more like, how do you make a Call of Duty movie that feels like Call of Duty and isn't just a war movie, right? Right. Like, you could make a Call of Duty movie and have it, like, you could make fucking Saving Private Ryan and just sit and slap a Call of Duty logo on it and call it a day. But yeah. at that point, why are you attaching that IP to it for any other reason than, like, it's everybody knows what Call of Duty is? Okay, can, can we name the movies that Call of Duty have historically fucking taken shit from? Like, the same Private Ryan. Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down. Uh, the Rock. Is there a Hunt for Red October in there or no? Uh, I think there might be a Hunt for Red October in there. There's got to be, right? Like some sort of undersea level. Yeah, like I, I don't. Know. Those are the ones that come that come to mind. Maybe like well, that's not a movie. I'm thinking Band of Brothers. But that's a different thing. Uh, that's a TV series. It's a TV series. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, so like I, it just the, the pro- Yeah, like it, 
It just takes every so much other, from so many other franchises. Every other movie, action, military movie DNA is in Call of Duty. So, like, Call of Duty basically has no identity anymore. Call of Duty is the game you do to play the multiplayer and shoot. I, here's how you do it. I got it. I got it. Listen to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You make it a zombie movie. Oh. That's like, so that's like the, the one thing they have going for them that's like a little different. So you think, okay, 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 okay. So they make it a zombie right. movie starring Ronald Reagan. Yes. And Jimmy Carter. Right. Trapped in a room surrounded by zombies. And they got to find their and way And then out. it's directed by M. Night Shyamalan and then talk about the numbers for two and a half hours. And what the numbers uh, mean? The numbers. What do they mean? And and then and then the rock and, and wait and then the rock kills JFK. There we go. Fished. Got it. I figured it out. Okay, it is going to be a Cloud Atlas style movie that takes place across a thousand years of warfare. So the movie starts in World War II, and then moves along in a different timeline to the Cold War. Then it moves along to the future of warfare and modern warfare. And then the movie ends in infinite warfare with Kit Harington. I feel like you just described the plot of Darkest of Days. Uh, yeah, I did, but now it's Call it's of Duty. Okay. Fuck it. I don't know what... I mean, like, what do you do, right? Like, if you're doing a Call of Duty movie, you might as well go batshit with it. So you might as well do, like, what is Call of Duty? Well, it's World War II game. It's a Cold War game. It's a modern warfare game. It's a space warfare and, game. And they have zombies sometimes. What if we combined all of those together into one movie with the through line being war, war never changes? Yes. Fuck, that's fun. Yeah. Well, also, and then for some reason you put in, like, Bruce Willis for no goddamn reason. And have him make sure he doesn't wear shoes. So, yeah. I'll... Kevin Spacey, he's finally got a movie oh, no. career again in <laughs> Call of Duty. I... This, I, I could not, it's, it seems like it's going to be like the most generic goddamn thing. It has to be. Like, I don't understand. I came up with probably the best idea I could conceive of for a Call of Duty movie that might elevate right. it. But like 90% of what they're probably going to do is they're just going to make a war movie. It's going to have soap in it. It's going to have, have price. You got to have price. There's price. Price. It's like. That's what they're going to end up doing. It's going to be... Like, the best you can hope for is, like, they make a, a pretty okay war movie. Like a Saving Private Ryan or something. I but think they got to get weird with it. You got to get weird with it. I think it. so, it too. It has to be some... I mean, it, it has to be something that's just fucking out of, out of control. Because Call of Duty is fucking out of control. It's got to have, like, a dubstep 360 no-scope montage or something like that. There it. has to be someone... Someone who is like, yo, bro, check this out. I put a picture of a weed leaf on my gun. We're in a join-ups now, bruh. <laughs> Just like, I... It has to be weird. FaZe Clan shows up at one point. God. Yeah, do you do you include the FaZe Clan as cameos? I think you have to. I think oh, you have man, you to. get everybody... Everybody that has ever had an effect on Call of Duty you, from you, like the screening put the hype house shows up in in Call of Duty. It has to be just fucking absurd. Yeah, 
they're if they try to play this like a straight laced war movie, it's gonna be a tr- like a tremendous. No, favorite. I got it. They gotta get. I got it. Fuck it. all this. Fuck everything. No, Call of Duty. It is a multi-layer battlefield of all of these different streamer groups going against each other. You have to you have to phase so, plan over here. You have the hundred thieves over here. You have the hype beast over here, and they're all fighting for supremacy in this post-apocalyptic world where where cachet and clout is the main currency. I'm gonna do you one better. It's gonna be that. But do you remember the Gerard Butler movie? Oh, Gamer. Gamer? Yeah, I had a, I had a, a half broken dog tag from Gamer in my freshman year of college. Yeah. So it's gonna be that. So we're gonna open up on a battlefield, and you know the two si- the Nazis and the and the World War Two people are fighting each other, and then like somebody dies, and there's this dramatic moment, and then they figure out that it was a video game the whole time. When they respawn, why are people respawning? I just watched him die five minutes ago, and then it f- it it zooms out, and it turns out that it was all a video game, and then the warriors on the battlefield learn that they're in a video game. And remember that. One of our two uh, commercial words, just like all these celebrities playing Call of Duty in real life. It's also yeah, just that. It's gonna be that. It's just that. Oh yeah, every every soldier on the battlefield is played by a streamer, and then the streamer that's playing them in the real world is also played by the same streamer. And at, so, at some point during the movie, like halfway halfway through, a box appears in the top left corner. It's a person on a webcam with a head with a headset and a microphone. That's that, how you gotta do that's it. That's just stupid enough that I would watch it. Has it has to get dumb because Call of Duty is fucking dumb. It's true. And an earnest war movie is not Call of Duty anymore. So it has to be dumb. And The Rock can do dumb very well. So I'm gonna give The Rock three out of five. I'm giving The Rock a plus three. And I'm giving Call of Duty the franchise a plus one. Only on the idea that it'll be dumb. I'm going to I'm going to give the Call of Duty film that potentially exists. I'm going to give it a zero. I'm going to wait and see on okay. this one. I just I can't bring myself to score at anything yet because if it ends up being, it's going to be another one of those hope you get purchased by Sony scenarios because <laughs> it's either going to be really cool or it's just going to be the fucking stupidest goddamn thing and there's no in between. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I, I want to have hope it will be dumb, so I'm giving it a plus one. Uh, and then the last the last of our Hollywood news stories of the week is, uh, speaking of screen adaptations, I guess somebody is adapting It Takes Two. Oh, you mean uh, 2021's video game of the year, It Takes Two. Exactly. Into a TV series or movie, which... How does that look? work? I, I'm a big fan of It I Takes Two. I think it's pretty two. good. I, I played it. I really liked it a lot. I think it does some really interesting stuff with gameplay and cooperative gameplay. But that story kind of sucks. It's it's just about two people who should really get divorced and not getting divorced for the sake of the kid. Because that always works out well. If I have to sit there and watch that fucking book yell at the screen for two hours, I'm going to blow my brains out. I, I found myself coming around to the book. After a while, no, I never did. It, 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 I, I hated it, that book all the way it's up to Stockholm the Stockholm syndrome. But I was like, oh, look, the book's back. That's I don't hate this that much. And but I mean, that could be a decent CG movie. I think. I just like for a movie to carry itself as a movie, especially as a video game adaptation. 
there's got to be a story there that you want to see play out as a story. And I think the best parts of It Takes Two were not the story. It would be like making a Pac-Man movie, right? Yeah. Like, oh man, what am I going to do? Like, oh, is it going to eat stuff on screen for an hour? No. Like, what is Pac-Man outside of the gameplay? Like, what is it's t- It Takes Two uh, outside well, of Pac-Man's the gameplay? Pac-Man's about the ghosts. As the Pac-Man special told us about. The ghosts are the important part. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I am forgetting the fact that they did, in fact, do a Pac-Man TV series and movie. Yes. Huh? Which I remember in my mind's eye to be a fun time, but I've not watched it since I was a child, so I couldn't tell you. But I, it just seems like, hey, video games are big, right? That's a new thing, obviously. Apparently, video games are big the first time uh, ever. Because uh, video games started with Fortnite was created, as we all know. So they're trying to get none of that money. So I think this is going to be like, a, I don't know, like a negative four. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we, who are we giving a negative four to this to? It, it, is it EA? No, it's not EA. Well, EA published it. Is it? They published it, didn't they? They published the game. I think the movie project in particular is Hazelight. Hazelight, yeah. In combination with DJ2 Entertainment, who made the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I, okay, then I give Hazelight a plus four, because good for them. As, as someone yeah, who enjoyed I, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons quite a bit, um, good, good, good for them. And I give EA... I'm also going to give them a I give EA a negative 10, because fuck EA. Well, you have already given EA I a negative, negative 10, 10 once this... Uh, okay, let's... Let me go back in the... Yeah, okay, that's another minus 10 again from Mike. Uh, and I guess, I don't know, I'll throw EA another uh, minus 3, I guess, for selling a weird video movie project. Some some child will enjoy this movie, because it will be like CG, weird straw... Favorite. Will they? I, someone will. Someone will. I don't understand how a child watches the story of this game and gets it. It's no, about they divorce. don't. It's about, hey, check out these weird straw straw things. Get into hijinks. Isn't that cool? There is no universe where this comes out as a children's movie. Because it is, A, about adults divorcing. And, B, it has that scene where they murder an elephant Which doll. Which is why I think they'll change it. I there's no way they adapt this game without doing that scene. Right, yeah, it's no. like the one scene anybody They're going remembers. to adapt the fuck out of it by changing a lot of things. Oh man. I don't I don't know how this plays out. I, I legitimately like we're talking about how a Call of Duty movie could play out. This is either like who is this for? I I don't know. It's for uh someone to make some goddamn money. Whether whether, whether they do is another matter entirely, but they're trying it's for someone making money. It's not for any type of like audience. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, weird. Good. Good job, Hazelight. Fuck. Sorry, fuck EA. EA. As always. So yeah. Whew. Well, it, we sure did it. That was that was some news to cover for two weeks of yep. news. Let's uh, recap the scores. Uh, so Sony purchasing Bungie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave Sony a five plus five. You gave Sony a plus mm-hmm. seven. Uh, Bungie tens across the board. They they won out in yes. this transaction for sure. Uh, Hyperscape getting shut down. Hyperscape got a 3 out of 10. You gave it a minus 10 out of 10 because RIP, it doesn't exist uh, Yes, anymore. I did. You're correct. I forgot. Yes. Uh, Ubisoft, we both gave a minus yes. 1 too because, whoops. Uh, and then with the the Worms yes. guys making a bunch of fucking stupid NFT games, we gave Agro Crab a 10 out yep. of 10, both of us, because good good on them for standing up to that, it. That is an unusually, like, candid flesh release there. Yeah, they they were like, I hate it here. This, this sucks. shit is I'm fucking dog shit, and anymore. they're dog shit for doing it. Uh, Team seventeen, I gave a minus nine. You gave a minus mm. ten. 
Uh, I think, no, I was going to say they were the big losers of this week, but we forgot the EA right. exists. Oops. Uh, Wardle, Joseph Wardle, creator of Wordle. Yep. Uh, I gave an 8, you gave a 10. He got that bank, purchased by the New York yep. Times, who I gave an 8, you gave mm. a 3. Uh, Respawn, making a bunch of Star Wars games. Uh, Respawn, we both gave three two, threes to, tentatively based on the fact that hopefully they don't fuck right. it up. Uh, EA, of course, I gave a minus hope you get purchased by Sony out of 10, and you gave a minus 10 out of 10 because fuck, fuck EA. EA. Yeah. Uh, on the EA bent for Haze Light, uh, I gave a 4, you gave a 4, and EA, you gave another minus 10 because to fuck because EA. fuck yep. EA. So that puts EA at the big loser of the week at a minus, minimum, minus 33 out of mm-hmm. 10. Um, the Halo TV series, I gave a minus one. You gave a minus three. It looks very yes. weird. Uh, I gave Paramount Plus a minus one because, I mean, why am I subscribed to them if I'm not watching anything, I guess? Uh, you gave The Rock a three out of 10. I gave The Rock a three out of 10. And Call of Duty, uh, I gave a zero. You give mm-hmm. a one. Uh, that ought about summarize it up. That's the scores for okay. this week. So I guess congratulations to our big winner, Agro Crab and Bungie. Yes. And fucking too bad for our big loser, EA. I have to imagine this is a recurring thing. Yes. It will be until things improve there, which they will not. So <laughs> Until Sony buys yes, them. Until they stop killing our dreams and our childhood over and over again. It will. It will keep happening. It's all minus tens until Skate Four comes out. They're gonna fuck it up, aren't they? Yeah, of God course damn. they are. We'll, we'll see stuff Skate Three, so you know. Let's let's move on to one more sure. thing before we make ourselves very sad. What's your one more thing? Uh, one more thing is that over the course of the past, I would say month, I've gotten really big into Formula One racing. Oh yeah, that's right. So my boss is in the Formula One, and he was like, "Well, you gotta watch Try to Survive. It's really good." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it at some point." Uh, over the winter break, I was building a desk, and I was like, "You know what?" They put this on in the background. And I put on Drive to Survive, and I kind of enjoyed it because it went into, like, the business and the strategy of Formula One besides just the racing and what goes into it and how, like, there's politics and, like, the team with the most money wins because, like, the most money is in, like, Mercedes and, like, Red Bull. So they have the best cars, and therefore they tend to win the most. And then that made me play the F1 game again, and I kind of started to get it. And now, like, I have, like, 30 hours in F1 2020. I I turned off ABS traction control, which oh, I've never done before. I, I've been getting high and then watching three hours of F1 stuff on YouTube for no reason at all. And learning about the history and how things work now. And it got to a point where I was pricing out buying a steering wheel set from Thrustmaster. And getting into maybe playing F1 with no assist at all and maybe trying to play it more seriously. And that's pretty oh, fucking Is wild. it time to get into e-racing? I, I, if I do, this will be the catalyst. I have definitely looked at more than, more than a few um, F1 tips from eSports Pros videos about how to get better at playing F1 and, and racing in a virtual F1 car. Well... Congratulations, you got yourself into another EA Sports franchise. Fuck! Ah! God damn it, they, they did buy Co-Masters, didn't they? God damn it. Yeah, God they sure did. Ah! Why must they kill everything I love? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that too right now. Um, Well, un- 
until they fuck up Codemasters uh, F1. Uh, so I've read that 2020 is the best one. That's what I'm playing. And it's pretty fucking good. Because I can build my own team and stuff like that and do R&D and that's pretty awesome. So yeah, F1 is my current obsession and I'm really, really enjoying it. Have you seen the movie Rush? I've, I've not uh, seen Directed by Ron I've Howard? I've not seen Rush. You should check that out. We watched it again uh, last week. It's uh, It holds up. It's really good. Stars Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Bruhl right. as F1 drivers in the Nikki 70s. Nikki Lauda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nikki Lauda and, and Hunt. Uh, yeah, that movie rules. It's very okay, good. I'll put that on my do list. Natalie Dormer. Well, that was that was prime Game of Thrones time. That makes more sense. Okay. Natalie Dormer is in it. It's a very small role. Uh, bigger is um, Olivia Wilde is in it as sort of uh, Hunt's main wife. Okay. Yeah, I should watch that. Yeah, really good. Uh, anyway, my one more thing is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah, how is that? Fucking, it rules. It's so good. I, so, I will say the big complaint about that game is that it didn't look good. Like, it looks kind of gross. And I'll agree, it does kind of have the look of a PS2 game a little bit. Uh, at least in the environments. But it doesn't matter when the game's so fucking good to play. It's really, like, it... It is the evolution that that franchise really needed. It's the kick in the pants Pokemon needed to kind of evolve. Yeah, it looks like it's becoming like the Pokemon game you've dreamed of for a long time. It's at least, at the very least, it's moving in the right direction. Like, I feel like the next go-around with the Pokemon Legends franchise is when they really dial it in, but they're definitely on the right track. It takes, like, some of the best parts of Monster Hunter and applies it to the Pokemon franchise. Isn't there crafting in that game? There's crafting, yeah. Like, you're going around picking up mats, like you're mining uh, mining spots. You're finding things to make potions when you're out in the field and make Pokeballs when you're it, out in the field. Is Pokeball a survival game? Uh, it's not quite at the level of a survival game, but it takes some of those elements to it and applies it. And, like, there's a really compelling gameplay loop now where you're, like, trying to fill out your Pokedex by catching multiple Pokemon of the same kind or defeating them. Uh, there's a really compelling, like, the story's pretty interesting just because it takes some weird swings with, like, time travel and taking place in the past. It does some really interesting stuff with the setting where it's, like, people live in town and they are rightfully afraid of Pokemon because, I mean, they're god they're monsters with literal powers. Yeah. And, like, you show up, it, you're from the modern day, and you go into the past, and you show up, and you go to this town, and they're just everybody's like, "Have you seen these fucking monsters that live outside our town? They have, they have killed us, and will kill us again." It's a giant fucking goddamn yeah. fucking fire horse. What the fuck? Yeah, I just and it's so bonkers some of that stuff because like there's these things called alpha Pokemon now, which are gigantic fucking Pokemon that roam the countryside and will just beat your shit in if you aren't. That seems attention. awesome. Of that, like, hey, they actually might kill you, so watch your shit. I, at one point, I was walking around, and I saw a Parasect, which is the, like, mushroom crab Pokemon w rolling around. Mm -hmm. And I, like, walked up to it, and then it saw my shit, and I'm like, oh, oh fuck, and I threw a Pokemon at it. At the time, my team was around level 20. And then I, like, got into a fight with it, and it was level 40. And I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta get the fuck out of here. So I had to, like, recall my Pokemon and then run for my goddamn life while it was chasing after me. That seems like, like how Pokemon hunting would go, is that you might fuck yeah. up, and all of a sudden you just... They don't discuss, the, you know, the Pokemon, like, people getting eaten by Pokemon enough in Pokemon, I think. I need my dark, gritty reboot Pokemon. People just getting murdered by Pokemon. 
this is as close as you're going to get for a long time. Until, like, until, it, until, it, until it absolutely until is. So. Yeah, finally. And Sony is going to finally take the Nintendo. And the give Nintendo them an actual fucking, like, actual online play. So. IP and make it for adults. Yeah. I, the, uh, it's great. Of, it really rules. Yeah. It, it's, it look, like I said, like, the main downside is that it doesn't look great. Like, I heard, like, the world is kind of, like, a little bland outside of just, like, Capturing Pokemon. It's it's a little barren. I, Which, to be fair, so was Sword and Shield. Yeah, I like it's a little barren. It doesn't look especially great. I think they do what they can with the art style, mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting. They do kind of a, a Breath of the Wild type thing, but like you'll be standing on top of a hill and looking out, and, like you'll see some sparse trees, and the trees don't look especially great. And you're like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. But like that's really, if you ask me, all things considered, it is a very small complaint. Like, I can get past that because the game itself is just so good. What, what stuck out to me is the first time I saw someone hide in a bush and just throw a Pokemon, 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 and capture it. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're real, you're, you're real Pokemon now. Okay. Yeah. Because to me, like, that's what Pokemon is. Like, to me, like, the games are kind of still catching up to the TV show in a weird way of, like, I just see a Pokemon, I'm going to throw a ball at it and see what happens and go from there. It very much is that. Yeah. It, like... You can catch Pokemon unawares and then just bean it in the noggin with a Pokeball and catch it without having to fight it or and anything. And that's kind or of like, awesome. Yeah. Or, like, if you do want to fight it, like, if you can sneak up on it and then huck your Pokemon's Pokeball at it, you can, like, catch it by surprise by, like, knocking it out a little bit and then, like, its turns go later and you start first. Like, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, I, also, I watched the IGN review. You can, you can brave and default in this game. Yeah, the, absolutely. It takes it takes a cue from Monster Hunter stories uh, that had a pretty similar system to it. But yeah, like it's got regular attacks like normal with Pokemon, where like you'll use Water Gun or something like that. But as you level up, you you will master moves. So like your Squirtle will master Water hmm. Gun, and once it does that, you can use Agile style and Strong style. And if you use it Agile style, it'll change the turn order around. So maybe you take two turns in a row and then the the other pokemon will go at, at the uh, exchange of using a couple more pp than normal to use an attack like that or you might do strong style which does the opposite it'll change the turn order so that the other pokemon might go you know sooner than you do but your attack does much more damage as a result of that it's it's a really cool neat little system and like as a result of that, it changes the way some Pokemon evolve. Mm-hmm. Like, some Pokemon will evolve, be like, you gotta use Slash with Agile Style ten times. But they won't tell you that. It's just a natural part of the game existing. It, it seems like a proof of concept what Pokemon should be going forward. Because it sounds like, I'm sure I'll play this game at some point. Like, right now, my Pokemon fix is like, I'm, I'm good. I'm sure I'll play it at some point in near the end of the year, but like... It seems like there is a like possibly revolutionary Pokemon game in there somewhere. I they just need to iron some stuff out. Like some of the quest designs a little wonky. Like nothing I would write home about. Right. But like some one of the quests is like, oh, you got to bring in a large Buizel, but you don't really know what that looks like until you actually catch it. So you might catch like sixties Buizels before you find a large one. So there's like so there's some weird stuff around that kind of stuff, and they don't explain everything really well. Like they don't explain releasing Pokemon. I, I just learned today that by releasing Pokemon that you have, you get, like, things to change your EVs. So, like, th- there's some minor problems there, but, like, the foundation of what that game is and what it could become is just so solid that I I cannot wait for them to make more of it. 
it it seems like it could be awesome. And if they could like if they could give him like a similar level of like flexibility and like organicness they had the Breath of the Wild bring the Pokemon in that kind of same fashion, that could be special. You know what it is like I was thinking of this the other day as I was playing it. Like, there's absolutely the foundations here of what a Pokemon MMORPG would look like. Yeah, for sure. Because it's definitely open world, and, like, I could see other players out there, like, throwing their Pokemon out and then, like, being able to interact with them. Like, they could build this out into a online game. I mean, they could even build it out into, like, a Monster Hunter-like game, right? Where it's just, like, four people doing a quest together. And and they kind of try to do that with Sword and Shield, but it didn't really work out that well. But you like the idea behind it of, like, raids... But yeah. no, they're uh, yeah. I'm I am arguably more excited about Pokemon with the fact that this game is exists now than was before. So so anyway, my one more thing is Pokemon Legend Arceus. It 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 cool. rules. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Oh, sorry. One one last thing. This is a question to you. How much for my ideal racing setup? How much do you think that costs for your ideal racing yeah. setup? Uh, I mean, I would hope it wouldn't cost more than, like, $400. $600. Are you ready to drop $600 on a racing wheel? It's, 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 the, sir, it's, the, it's the base that you then attach the wheel to that gives the force feedback, and then and then you have the pedals. So it's the base we land pedals. And the answer is absolutely not. But I thought about yeah. it. <laughs> so Didn't think so. So that's, that's more going to say for me... In the past. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for yeah. us. I think we did a full episode. Yeah, no. We, we covered some topics this time, as we do each every time. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So, I guess, last thing, as always, uh, we've got the email address open. That's modernconsolewarfare@gmail.com. If you have any news you want to send our way or any comments, suggestions, questions, just send them over to us. We'll be happy to answer them and talk about yeah. it. Uh, sorry that we were not here last week. I had the coronavirus. But you are vaccinated, though, as everybody should be vaccinated. Yeah, I was vaccinated. It was like a cold. I just couldn't talk real good, so we didn't right. record. But here we are this week. Uh, all right, well, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, any final words? I just fucking get vaccinated. That's it. Yeah, there yeah. we go. All right. Uh, thank you, for everybody, for listening. We'll see you next Later. time.